Well, this morning we find ourselves at the beginning of a new year. You know, for many of us, New Year is a time of reflection. We think back over the events of the past year. We also think about the future. What will the new year hold? What does God have in store for us in 2016? This morning for a message, I want to consider seven keys to a happy and blessed life in 2016. Now, over the past several months, we have heard a lot of goodwill wishes. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a Happy New Year's. Happy Holidays. You know, these goodwill wishes, they sound so nice. We appreciate them. We even say them ourselves. However, when we get to the first week of January, the wishes of goodwill are few and far between. And now we begin hearing of gloom. We are hearing now about New Year's resolutions, paying down credit card debt, squeezing into tighter clothes, getting back into the grind of a less than inspiring job. No holidays on the horizon. Spring is still many months away. And so our world goes through this same cycle year after year. We have the single day holidays throughout the year, and then the big holidays at the end of the year, and then we go into January blues. And as I thought about this, I had to think, you know, maybe the problem is that for the world, Christmas is a season. The Christmas season, they call it. And you know, it's kind of like deer season. You know, just, it has a beginning date and an ending date. And it's interesting that the Christmas season and deer season begin and end about the same time. But think how much different it would be for our world if we would have an open Christmas season, starting on January, January 1 and running through December 31. You know, no bag limit on peace on earth, goodwill toward men, no bag limit on giving, no bag limit on worshiping the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Think how much different our world would be if we had an open season on Christmas, an open Christmas season. You know, the world sometimes thinks we are strange when we do not run with them to the same excessive ride. They speak evil of us. First Peter 4, 4 brings this out. But that's okay. That's okay. As, as soldiers of Jesus Christ, we are marching to the beat of a different drum. We are marching to the beat of separation from the world. Turn, if you would, to 2 Corinthians 6. I'd like to read 14 through 18, just a bit of an introduction for this message. As we think of the world and, and the way they live, and especially the things we see throughout the Christmas season, and then how it spills over into the depression that comes in January. And as we think of ourselves as separate people, I'd like to read 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, 
For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. You know, the call to separation is a call to freedom. There is freedom in the call to be separated unto God. There is liberty in the call to come out from among them and be ye separate. And I thought about that over the past month as you watch the world and the way they go about celebrating the Christmas season. You know, why should we be separated unto God? One reason we find in verse 16 because ye are the temple of the living God. God is saying here in this passage, your body is my temple. I long to dwell there. Touch not the unclean thing. Separate yourself from evil so I can dwell in you, walk in you. And the promise is I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Isn't it a beautiful thought that true happiness and true satisfaction is not found in the excessive rioting of the world, but it's found in the promises of being separated unto God. So now let's consider seven keys to a happy and blessed life in 2016. The first key that I want to consider is blessed are they who are forgiven. You can turn to Psalm 32. I'd like to read verse 1 and 2. The ones that are forgiven are a separated people. Here David is writing. Many feel like he wrote this after his sin with Bathsheba. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Notice, if you would, the four types of evil that are mentioned in these two short verses. We have the word transgressions. Transgression has the thought of passing over a boundary, doing what is prohibited. Sin, missing the mark, not doing what is commanded. Iniquity, something that is turned out of its natural course or situation, anything morally distorted or perverted. And guile is fraud or deceit. Now, let's notice the way that this evil can be removed. First of all, forgiven. Transgressions must be forgiven, borne away, and it has the thought of through a sacrifice. Covering, 
sin must be covered. Now, keep in mind that this was written by an old covenant saint. The old covenant sacrifices, the shedding of animal blood, covered sin. Under the new covenant, the blood of Jesus Christ washes away sin. We are washed and made clean through the blood of Christ. The next word is imputeth, iniquity, the perverse or distorted, must not be imputed or reckoned to his account. And then we have the word gal, it must be utterly destroyed from our souls, in whose spirit there is no gal. And so, blessed or happy is the man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, or for us, washed away. His past sins are not held to his account. They have been removed as far as the east is from the west. They are remembered no more. They have been cast into the depths of the sea. The gall, the deceitfulness, the desperately wicked heart has been emptied of sin and filled with God's righteousness. And this, David writes, is true happiness, true blessing. You know, a happy and successful 2016 is hinging on our relationship with God. You know, God has the proper equipment to clean us up. He has the proper equipment to make us new creatures in Christ. You know, sometimes in our businesses, we decline a project because we do not have the proper equipment. You know, someone, someone will call, they'll want a certain project done. And we decline because we do not have the right equipment. But not so with God. God has the equipment available to make us new creatures in Christ. Proverbs 28, 13, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso, co but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Blessed are they who are forgiven. The second key for happiness and blessing is blessed are they who are merciful. Matthew 5, verse 7, we have the words of Jesus. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You may wonder, why is being merciful a key to happiness in 2016? What is mercy? Blessed is the merciful. What is mercy? Well, I have a few illustrations I may share. And I'll share this first one for the children. When I was about eight, nine, ten, I, I had some guinea pigs. Do you all know what guinea pigs are? They're a little short animal. It's like a big rat without a tail. They're really cute. I had several of them, and uh, yeah, I raised, raised guinea pigs, sold a few to a, a pet store. But you know, I was responsible for those guinea pigs. It was my job to feed them. It was my job to give them water. And if I decided not to feed them or give them water, no one else did it for me. I mean, it was my project. It was my responsibility. Now, if I was sick, I'm sure someone would have done it for me. But those guinea pigs were at my mercy. If I forgot to feed them, 
they had no way to get feed for themselves. If I forgot to give them water, they had no way to get water. You see, those guinea pigs were at my mercy. Does that make sense? That's what it means to be merciful or to show mercy. Another illustration is my customers in the door business. There's times when one of our customers, their door breaks. You know, their car is stuck in the garage. And they're at our mercy to get there and help them get that car out. And they're at our mercy on what we're going to charge them for that. And then there's times when mercy is shown to us or we're at other people's mercy. And let's think about being out of town. Maybe we're a hundred mile away and our car breaks down. Well, at that point, we're at the mercy of others. We're at the mercy of the tow truck company. We're at the mercy of the mechanic. And, you know, some years ago, my pickup broke down right at the bottom of Afton Mountain. And I think it was like one o'clock in the morning and there I sat. You know, I was at the mercy of just about everybody. I was at the mercy of the boogeyman. All of a sudden it felt kind of scary out there in the country, you know, and, and uh, I tried to call some tow truck companies and nobody would answer the phone and finally I called I called 911 and asked if they could send somebody out and so they ended up sending a state trooper out who finally got a hold of a fella down in the little town of Afton. And you know, he came out, he loaded up my truck, he even knew what was wrong with it. He said, I have the, the uh, parts back at the shop. And you know, I was totally at that man's mercy. Um, I had no idea what he was going to charge me, but he loaded up the truck, he took me down to his shop, and an hour later he had the truck going, and I think he charged me around $200, which was very, very reasonable for that type of service in the middle of the night. But, you know, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You know, I'm almost sure that in the coming year, you and I will need mercy shown to us. We will mess up sometime or another. We will make mistakes. Do you want mercy shown to you at such a time? If you do, then show mercy to others. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. All right, the third key. Blessed are they who avoid the influence of the world. Turn to Psalm chapter 1. I like to read the complete psalm. Very familiar psalm. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. 
Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I have always liked the picture of this blessed man in Psalm 1. He's happy, he's blessed, he's relaxed, he is known of the Lord. I like that picture of the strong, healthy tree planted by the river, rooted in good, moist soil, bringing forth fruit in its season. The picture here is everything is calm and beautiful. And I believe it shows a picture of a person that is separated unto God. He reads his Bible. He's familiar with God's word. He's blessed with good friends. He associates with good people. Blessed are they who avoid the influences of the world. 1 Corinthians 15:33 says, "Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good manners." Actually, good habits. I believe the King James says good manners. Proverbs 14 Proverbs 4 14 through Let's see here. Get my notes back in order. Proverbs 14, 14 through 19. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not into the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know, they know not at what they stumble. Blessed are they who avoid the influence of the world. The fourth key for 2016 for happiness and blessing is blessed are they who trust the Lord. Psalm 34 verse 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. You know, we do not know what 2016 holds. We have our dreams, we have our hopes for the coming year, but only God knows the future. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 46. I'd like to read this psalm. In Psalm 1, we have the peaceful picture of the blessed man, the separated man. He's as the fruitful tree by the rivers of water. And here in Psalm 46, the waters are not so peaceful. And I believe Psalm 1 and I believe Psalm 46 gives us a realistic picture of life. We have those calm, peaceful times. And we also have times when the waters are not so calm and when the waters are not so peaceful. But I believe in it all, in Psalm 1 and Psalm 46, that there can be a peace in our hearts. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, 
will not we fear? Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved, God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen rage, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth, he breaketh the bow, and cutteth the spear in sunder, he burned the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. The waters of life may roar. And if they do so in 2016, we will rest in the fact that the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Therefore, we will not fear. Blessed are they who trust in the Lord. Now, the fifth one is very similar, but yet it's a bit different. Blessed are they who fear the Lord. Psalm 112, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Why is a fear or a reverence for God important? Why is that important as we start another year, as we go into 2016? Well, Proverbs 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. You know, the man that truly fears the Lord is a wise man. He has an understanding that will give him courage to face the future. He will have courage to face whatever God has for him in 2016. In Psalm 32, verse 9 and 10, we have a picture of a man who does not fear or trust in the Lord, and it compares him to the animal kingdom, Psalm 32, 9 through 11. But it says, Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. You know, God desires that we would have a wisdom and a knowledge of him. And he has made that possible. But we need to be diligent in seeking that and asking for that. The writer here says, don't be like the horse or the mule. And, uh, you know, without God, that's 
kind of where we find ourselves without a knowledge of him. There's also safety in fearing the Lord. I'd like to read Psalm 128. Here we have a picture of a man where it says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord. And then it gives a, a picture of a household or a family or a home that fears God. And you can see the safety in that little cluster of a home or family. Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord that walketh in his ways. For they shall eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children in peace upon the land. I'm sorry, in peace upon Israel. You know, the happiness and the blessing here in this short little psalm is not from uh, wealth or from the new car or the big vacation that they planned to take in 2016. The, the happiness and the contentment is from honoring God and having a desire to be led and blessed of him. Solomon writes, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Now Solomon had a lot of riches. He was also very wise. He also made poor decisions. But in the end of his life, he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And he also reminds us, for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Blessed are they that fear the Lord. Now the sixth one, is uh, maybe a bit uncomfortable, but the sixth key is blessed are they who are chastened of the Lord. Psalm ninety-four, twelve: Blessed is the man whom thou chasteneth, O Lord, and teacheth him out of thy law. You know, it's very possible that God has some chastening for you and I in 2016. And if you're like me, you don't look forward to future chastening. Chastening comes because God loves us. Chastening is for our spiritual profit. However, in the middle of a chastening experience, this fact may be hard to see. I like to read some from Hebrews 12. I like to read 6 through 14. It talks about chastening and why God brings things into our life. The purpose. Hebrews 12, verse 6, I'll read through 14. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, 
and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Now that sounds a little harsh. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of the flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he, that's talking about God, for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. The purpose of chastening is to make us a more useful person. You know, if we would have no chastening in our life, if we would have no hard times, I'm not sure what kind of people we would be. But it's for our good that we might be partakers of his holiness. You know, where we need to be careful is that the chastening brings forth that fruit. You know, the other thing that can happen is we can become bitter, but that's not the purpose. God does not allow things in our life to make us bitter, but to make us more holy like himself. James 1 verse 12, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Now the word temptation there has the thought of adversity or trouble. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. You know, this world is just, it's so temporary. Life is so short. I can't believe I'm almost 40 couple. And um, <laughs> I for, really forgot how old. I think I want to be 42 this year. But time goes by so fast. I lost my thought. But blessed are they who are chastened by the Lord. All right, the seventh key, the final key. Blessed are they who labor for the Lord. Luke 12, 43, blessed is that servant whom the Lord, when he cometh, finds so doing. You know, we are first sons of God, then servants, and then third, stewards of God. Are we being good stewards with what God has entrusted to us? That's a question that I can't answer for you. That's one you need to work through yourself. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. And every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards 
of the manifold grace of God. The gift that God has given you. Minister the same one to another as good stewards. You know, it's very possible that you will become weary as you labor for the Lord in 2016. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know, I believe it may be good at times to evaluate our weariness. Why am I weary today? You know, folks are okay with weariness that comes from a hard day of work. You know, we'll get up work early, we'll work late. We're okay with that weariness. Folks seem to be okay with weariness that comes from a long day of pursuing personal interest. But it seems that if we find ourselves weary from laboring for the Lord, all of a sudden that weariness is not good. It's too much. We're going to wear out before our time. And on top of that, this labor is taking away from quality family time. You know, the scripture says, let us not be weary in well-doing. Let's not be weary in the work of the Lord. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Jesus said, blessed are they who labor for the Lord. You know, laboring for the Lord is what he wants to find us doing when he comes again. You know, I know work is important. I know personal interests are important. But laboring for the Lord is what is really important. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I'm thankful for that verse this morning. You know, there's days that I go to work and sometimes it just seems like the whole day is vain. And maybe we would be better off if we'd have just stayed home and sat around and did nothing. Everything seems to go backwards. But here this verse says, For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Blessed are they that labor for the Lord. Well, this morning we have looked at seven keys to a blessed and happy life in 2016. Blessed are they who are forgiven. Blessed are they who are merciful. Blessed are they who avoid the influence of the wicked. Blessed are they who trust in the Lord. Blessed are they who fear the Lord. Blessed are they who are chastised of the Lord. Blessed are they who labor for the Lord. If we take these seven keys to heart in the coming year, I believe we will have a life that will be full of blessing. These seven keys, if followed, will show the world that Christmas season is a year-long season. What song I should lead? 582. I'm pressing on the upward way.
Thank you, Rowan, for that fitting song. I like the, the song writer, um, as he writes the song, his desire to continue on in life, uh, uh, pressing on, um, yeah, higher ground. And, you know, if that's our desire for this coming year, I believe God will bless that desire. He'll help us reach that higher ground. And uh, he's given us all that we need to achieve that, it's up to us to to step out in faith and ask him for the power and the victory to make that possible. Well, thank you all for coming today. Thank you for your attention. And uh, why don't we stand together for a closing prayer?